Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. This is your life and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are breakfast. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Dr. Dows, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I've been following your work for about three years now since a friend of mine and his wife came to your clinic. Mm -hmm. She had a, a very challenging case of Lyme and uh, he was feeling some cognitive effects, brain fog, mm -hmm. a lot of fatigue. And I saw him after they came back mm -hmm. And he looked 10 years younger. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> He'd lost a bunch of weight. And I said, what have you been doing? And he said, I went to Germany and got cooked. <laughs> and he said, and all of, all of my uh, cognitive challenges went away. Mm -hmm. So that was in 2018. And I started looking into St. George's clinic, your clinic here and your work. And uh, a little over three years later, here I am. So before we dive in, thank you for the work that you do and the, the many, many lives that yeah. you transform every year. You know, we have treated in the meantime uh, uh, more than 2,500 yeah. uh, uh, Lyme patients. And uh, I am by education an oncologist, so I'm not a Lyme literate from the beginning on. I observed uh, approximately of, uh, almost 20, 25 years ago and two cancer patients. They came here, you know, for cancer treatment. Yeah. Uh, and they told me, you know, we are suffering much more of our limes than of our cancer. And then I asked them, of course, you know, what, uh, what is your problem? And they said, brain fog and, and uh, fatigue. And I told them, you know, this is all uh, uh, side effects of the chemotherapy you had. If people have chemotherapy, they have a so-called chemo brain and they are fatigued. So we ignored their Lyme symptoms completely and associated it to their cancer treatment. And after they came out of the whole body hypothermia, they asked me, what did you do with me? I said, what did I do? Yeah, she said, you put the sun back in my brain. What does it mean? What does it mean if I put? And she said, "Don't you don't you see that I speak more fluently? I can think more concentrated. The first time since weeks, I was able to read a newspaper." And uh, then I started thinking, and I talked to Dr. Kreutz, and uh, said, "Could it be that uh, hypothermia somehow has also an influence on limes?" And then we went through the literature and we found everything we were looking for. It, uh, we could find, you know, a, a scientific work about limes and heat, and uh, they showed 
that uh, you have a completely uh, wipe out of, uh, of limes or of, of spiral heads after 104.6 for two hours, regardless of what strain. And uh, then uh, they also showed that uh, uh, the temperature activates the uh, antibiotics, for instance, uh, rocephine or cefatrioxone, by two is the grade centigrade, 16-fold. So that at the temperature we're using and applying the antibiotics, the antibiotic is 1,000 times more effective. Then they also could show that the uh, normally, you know, antibiotics cannot penetrate the cell membrane and the spirochetes are inside. So if you give antibiotics, spirochetes inside laugh and say, okay, you don't, you don't attack us. And if there are antibiotics which go intracellular, then there is an efflux pump which uh, lets it in but pumps it out. And this uh, efflux pump is also turned off at 100 uh, Fahrenheit approximately because it's energy consuming and uh, the hotter the body gets, the more the energies are needed you know, to fight the heat. So we have uh, three things. We have with a high temperature killing the Borrelia inside the cells. And at the same time, you know, we have a thousand times more effective antibiotic on which is now able to penetrate into the membrane. And this is, uh, was basic and uh, we called it antibiotic augmented uh, uh, thermal eradication because the antibiotic is augmented by the heat and uh, the thermal eradicates it. So we, uh, this, is a, this is a name for, I gave it and it's uh, abbreviated AAT. And uh, uh, okay, after knowing this, I've uh, established a protocol, but we had no Lyme patients, zero. All cancer patients. No, all cancer patients at the time. And so what did I do? I uh, looked at my outpatient department and I found a few, and then of course we analyzed them. And finally I had five uh, patients after approximately one or one and a half year. And all these five had a tremendous improvement by the treatment. So then I went to uh, United States, attended uh, a conference from ELATS, you know, about uh, limes, and then I was next to a colleague from uh, New York, cardiologist, he asked me, what are you doing here on a Lyme conference? Are you, as an oncologist, are you uh, treating uh, limes? I said, no, no, I don't treat limes, but maybe, you know, that we have a treatment which is superior, just giving antibiotics. And uh, then he said, uh, and I asked him then, of course, you know, what are you doing as cardiologist? Uh, do you treat limes? He said, no, I don't treat limes, but my family, my family, got limes, my wife is Austrian, and uh, my uh, wife and the two kids went uh, during the summer vac vacation to Austria and picked uh, up limes in Austria. And uh, after two or three years having limes, my wife is so bad that she is bedridden and uh, I think she is going into Alzheimer's. My daughter, medical student, uh, is so bad that she cannot follow the lessons anymore and she is only good enough to take care of my wife. And then he started crying and said, oh, my son, my little son, my genius, with 10 years he appeared on all stages of the world, you know, with his violin, 
and played with big orchestras and he is now unable to hold the uh, violin and do the grip. So, and the, the worst is we have to send him to a special school because he cannot follow normal school anymore. And then he uh, cried and uh, looked at me, you know, with tears in his eyes and asked me, uh, do you think you can treat my family? I said, no. I have uh, not, no experience. I have treated five patients. I have a theory, but I cannot say I can treat your patients. And you come, you know, from New York with your uh, sick wife and the kids, you know, and then I, I have uh, a treatment which is, 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 is totally experimental. And then he looked at me and said, you are going to treat my family. I said, no, I cannot treat your family because we do not uh, treat children. We have, we have this split in, in Germany between uh, pediatric and uh, adults. So I, can, I say, I take the responsibility. I'm a cardiologist. I take some responsibility. So they came with the family. I treated his family and all three got better. His wife was able after a certain time to return to, to, into his office. His uh, daughter was able to follow her medical student and the boy, you know, could go to a normal school and uh, also started uh, playing violin again, but he never uh, came, you know, to this uh, genius uh, type. And now if, uh, if I know the, the people very well because they are going uh, uh, every two years, you know, visiting the master in, uh, in Austria. So I know how the development was. And he is in pension now, and his wife also, but uh, his daughter is in the meantime professor from, from, for medicine in New York. And the son is a conductor of a, uh, of a uh, college symphony orchestra. It's beautiful. Yeah, and uh, this was, you know, the, uh, the initial uh, start, you know, that we said we have to do it, although we are oncologists. We have to do it. And then we started and started and had success over success. And then, of course, you know, we developed all the things which are necessary. I learned uh, pretty fast uh, of just er er eradicating. The Borrelia is not uh, the answer alone because, you know, people have so much damages and side effects from the long-term disease that we had to go into, let me say, a complex uh, approach, and this is what we are doing. You know, for instance, we check all the uh, side effects. We check, you know, if the thyroid is working, the adrenals are working, sex organs are working, and of course, most of the patients, almost hundred percent, have a completely destroyed microbiome, which has to be repaired. If this is not repaired, then uh, you cannot uh, get better, you know, because this has to be better. It's the same as you know. Uh, the, the picture out. Energy savers. The same as with the neck. Yeah. Very many patients uh, with Lyme disease, they say, I'm uh, cracking if I move my head. I have always tension and headache and migraine. Uh, this is also a very typical symptoms of Lyme's. And uh, if you don't treat this, then the patient says, okay, you know, I have no Lyme's. But I still have uh, have uh, dizziness. I still have uh, have uh, problems with my balance, uh, and I still have a migraine. So we have developed also a very specific treatment for the uh, repair of the neck. Huh. 
And uh, that means, you know, our approach is, uh, is now that on first step is, you know, get rid of the Borrelia because this is necessary as long as Borrelia is in the system. The immune system does not work, the immune system is blocked. And of course, the patient is under a high toxic load. Mm -hmm. And uh, after we uh, get this out, you know, then we do step by step the repair of the damages. And this is a whole, uh, the whole story. That, that's fascinating. And it's... I have treated, as I told you, more than two and a half thousand uh, patients uh, with Lyme. Most of these patients were what I call so-called lost cases. Uh, what does it mean? They had their Lyme disease for several years. They have seen uh, several doctors. They had several uh, uh, rounds of uh, antibiotics. Some had it for two or three years. And uh, they did not get better. They always got slowly worse and worse. And they have spent uh, hundreds and thousands of dollars for a treatment which does, uh, did not work. I, 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 and if I analyze it, very many had treatments which are effective, but they are not effective as long as the Borrelia is in the system. Mm -hmm. uh, if these are integrated afterwards, then they are very, very successful. And uh, so we have, uh, let me say, this complex approach, and we are very happy with it. Uh, we had a little um, uh, problem now with a pandemic because Americans and Canadians couldn't come. So we had, of course, less uh, uh, Lyme patients uh, last year, but now they are coming again. Uh, but we have a lot of uh, Lyme patients here in Germany, especially here in Bavaria and Austria. This is an endemic area like, for instance, the New England states. Uh, mm -hmm. If you go here to the woods, you know, you probably return with a tick on your, <laughs> your right. skin. I, I have a little poopy. And uh, this poopy yesterday uh, evening, I had it on my arm. So, oh my God, he had a tick on his uh, on his uh, belly. So, I uh, took it out and uh, routinely, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, if I'm hearing you correctly, you discovered this Achilles heel of Borrelia, the the, the spirochete, almost on accident because you you were treating cancer patients with yeah. hyperthermia, high heat. And these two knew that their symptoms were largely due to Lyme. And when you treated them with the high heat for cancer, their Lyme symptoms went away. Yeah, but see, the, the uh, history. 100 years ago, in 1927, 1927, a professor for psychiatry, that's the only professor for psychiatry who ever received the Nobel Prize, what did he, what did he observe? He observed that his a syphilis patient who had advanced type of syphilis with neurological and psychiatric syndromes or symptoms got better after they had an infection. Right. And especially they got better when they came back from Africa and had malaria. And then with malaria, several, uh, several uh, high uh, fever. And so what did he do? He collected 19 uh, patients with advanced syphilis and, and of course neurological symptoms, which could not be treated at that time because there was no, no, no medication, a little, uh, a little uh, Zalvasan or so, you know, but no, not real. And then he uh, gave them malaria because malaria he could treat. Mm -hmm. Yet at that time, uh, developed here Germany, Germanine, and so he gave the malaria. 
uh, Tatiana, that means every three days they had heavy fever. Mm-hmm. And so three or four cycles of heavy fever, and then he gave them a Germanine, uh, and then the malaria was gone, and 16 from 19 patients got a marked improvement. So the medical world at that time was so amazed yeah. about this because nobody could treat this uh, form of, of advanced syphilis at that time that they gave him right away the Nobel Prize. And this was this was called yeah, the, malariotherapy, right? Yeah, yeah malariotherapy, yeah. exactly. And, and the professor was Wagner Jauric, was his name. And uh, then uh, in the, in the, in the um, 30s then came up penicillin, mm-hmm. And then uh, syphilis could be treated with penicillin because uh, the, uh, the uh, spirochete uh, is very sensitive to, to, uh, to penicillin. Also, uh, uh, the spirochete of Borrelia is also uh, sensitive to penicillin. So then uh, the uh, malaria therapy was forgotten. Yeah. And when we observed this, uh, then we, uh, I remember this, and we learned this in medical school, and uh, why shouldn't this also work, you know, the heat? If it worked positively for syphilis, why shouldn't it work for limes? Because syphilis and lime are, the, uh, the yeah, Borrelia yeah, and syphilis are very they are, similar. They are related, you know, they are cousins. Yeah. And I, I had asked during my, I was getting the uh, dark field microscopy, yeah. the live blood analysis, and I asked the physician, how do you tell, the, can you tell the difference between syphilis and Borrelia no. under the microscope? She no, said, no, 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 this is you can do because uh, you see the, the spiral shades, but you cannot uh, differentiate in the microscope to say this is syphilis or this is, this is limes, you know, but we do the... Uh, Dark field, you know, this is type of our, of our initial diagnosis, you know, to uh, show that there is uh, spirochetes in the blood. And uh, of course, you know, we also use it then for the, uh, uh, for the uh, aftercare, you know, we control it again. And if we then don't find any uh, uh, spirochetes anymore and the tests are negative, then we can tell the person, you know, your, your, your limes is gone. Yeah. And this is for us, you know, uh, let me say, a, a highlight if we can tell the patient, you know, we eradicated and you are cured from, from limes, you know. But I always emphasize, you know, we need to go ahead with the treatment because we need to repair this, this and this and this and then you are healthy. Yeah. But you have no limes anymore. I relate to a lot of this story because over the years, my journey was, I, I, I did a ton of ozone, all sorts of antibiotics, uh, intramuscular bisulin, oral antibiotics. And we were having a number of clients who were no longer testing positive for Lyme. And then when I got excited about that and retested, I still was showing that I was positive. Can you speak a little bit to how the timeline matters because like if someone were to get bit by a tick right away, some of these antibiotics, if taken, can it's, be very it's, effective. It's, it's, it's very clear, you know, if you get uh, bitten by a, a tick and you have this uh, skin rash, then uh, antibiotics is indicated and antibiotics will help you. Yeah. But only 50%, even less, get this skin rash. Right. So even if they had a tick bite, uh, they don't know, you know, that they had a tick bite because sometimes it's in in a place and then it falls off. And if they don't have the skin rash, they don't know. Then you come to the so-called phase two, which is uh, 
that makes it pretty difficult for us to diagnose very unspecific symptoms. People said, we have a little fever, we feel a little lousy, we're tired, we have maybe some swollen lymph nodes or a little fever. And most of the physicians, me included, would have diagnosed this as a, as a, 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 a flu. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And uh, then, uh, and this is also a, a stadium uh, where you can treat it with antibiotics. Mm -hmm. But as soon as this uh, stadium is, is or the stage is, is over, then you come to stage three and then it's uh, tough. I think, you know, that there is uh, almost no chance if you have uh, stage three to get it cured or under control by antibiotics because the antibiotics cannot cannot go in intracellular, they cannot do anything against the biofilms and uh, they also have difficulties to uh, control the uh, the L-forms or the... Uh, and uh, so uh, I think in general, in this phase, antibiotic treatment is not the treatment of choice. Mm -hmm. I, I know that uh, a few uh, patients had some, uh, some uh, improvement but this improvement is not only for a short time, it lasts sometimes two or three or four months and then it comes back. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, I think uh, that Lyme uh, disease is best treated uh, as early as possible with this type of uh, combination treatment. Right. And uh, what we also observed is that uh, the, uh, uh, the co-infections uh, also improve after the uh, Lyme is under control because Lyme blocks the immune system, blocks the natural killer cells, the innate immune system. And uh, so uh, it is, uh, we, we saw quite a few patients who had uh, Bartonella or they had Babesia and it disappeared, although there was no treatment. But we have, uh, on the other side, we have a pretty high percentage where after treating uh, uh, limes successfully, they still suffer of uh, co-infections. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, we have uh, also developed a new method, which is very, very effective, very simple, to treat the, uh, the co-infections. This is uh, with uh, PDT, that's photodynamic laser treatment. Yeah, the Weber laser. Uh, uh, Weber laser, yeah. Um, the only thing is you have to do it right, you know, because the point is, if you give for us a laser uh, IV here, mm -hmm. then you have only a little laser light on the top of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the fiberglass cable. So we developed uh, giving it uh, uh, in uh, in a subclavian. Mm -hmm. or in a central line, you know, and a, a, a larger catheter, de a, a thicker, and a five centimeter place, you know, where, we, uh, where the uh, uh, laser light is uh, emitted, and it's emitted in all directions and in, in this direction. So we have a real big, and it's here, and uh, the entire blood of the body flows along this uh, catheter. So this is much, 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 much more effective as this one. So rather than doing it in, in the arm like a traditional no, IV? This, is, this is, is okay, but you have to do unbelievable uh, many of these treatments because you know you hit only the ones in, in the blood and it has to be uh, uh, coming out of the, of the tissues. And then again, you treat it and it has to come out and you treat it again. 
With this one, you know, you have a you have a unbelievable intensive treatment of the blood. That means, you know, after this uh, one or two hours treatment, your blood is perfectly clean. We can show this. We have shown this several times. You know, there is nothing. Is this over? And we have viruses we can fight. We have also done a study. It's also published in uh, in Corona, showing you know that with this. Uh, type of treatment, we can eliminate the corona uh, within hours out of the uh, mouse. It's, it's published. This study was done in Iran, the, <laughs> the, the, the country Americans like very much. Yeah. But it was easy because, you know, the, if you have enough people, you know, who had uh, corona and you had enough people, you know, participating in such a study, that means, you know, in a very short time, you know, we had more than 90 patients uh, so that we could uh, verify how effective this uh, this treatment is. So that means, you know, with this uh, type of uh, treatment, we can also get the co-infection under control. And what does it mean, you know, that uh, patients who had Lyme's and co-infections can have, you know, with this type of, uh, of treatment, really the chance that they get cured. So what, what you do here for for your your two or three week protocol is you do multiple sessions of yeah. extreme whole body hyperthermia yeah. around 107 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. for two hours. You combine that with antibiotics to get that you know 60 or a, a thousand fold increase yeah. in yeah. efficacy, yeah. 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 which also minimizes the damage the antibiotics are doing to their gut yeah. and, so, and the susceptibility. So we need to, antibiotic not during this period from the first to the that means one week finish. Yeah. Similar to what a lot of uh, oncologists were finding with chemotherapy. Yeah. With, with extra heat, yeah. you need less of the chemotherapeutic yeah, 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 agents. Yeah. This was the idea behind. Huh? Yeah, yeah, no, it's brilliant. And, and, and then, and, I mean, we had uh, experience with whole body hypothermia. I have probably treated 20, 20, or maybe 30,000 cancer patients with whole body hypothermia. So we have completely experienced and we have the license. Not very many uh, clinics in the world have a license for high. Uh, for whole body hypothermia, high temperature. Yeah. Uh, people can use uh, whole body hypothermia, but they can only go to medium temperature. And this is dangerous because if you do not eradicate the Borrelia completely, you know, then they get really, uh, uh, yeah, let me say, mad. Resilient. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, uh, and uh, then you have a reinfection with a kind of, of uh, Borrelia, which also f- tends to become... Uh, resistant to heat. So I warn everybody, say, don't do uh, this, you know, go to this temperature. Two hours is, 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 is the ideal temperature. It is tolerated very well. And uh, and uh, we have a lot of, of, uh, of, let me say, imitators in the meantime, they want to do this uh, effective treatment. I can understand this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, some of them get jealous and say, why do you have it? And we don't have it. Um, yeah, I cannot, I cannot help, you know, because we started uh, 30 years ago, you know, with whole body hypothermia for cancer patients, got the license for this and had then experience with whole body hypothermia and then had this uh, observation for Lyme's at uh, chance, you know, because I was not looking for a treatment for Lyme's, you know, I just did this, had this observation. And then, of course, he said, okay, if we are sure now that it is really an effective treatment, then, of course, you know, we have to somehow to offer it. 
to this uh, to this uh, patients and my goal also was because I learned very fast you know these are patients they have, have a long uh, treatment they are uh, disabled they have um, uh, sometimes no income they have spent spent so much money that I calculated the uh, treatment as low as possible yeah. Uh, people told me if I would offer this uh, treatment in the United States, I could ask 150,000 US dollars, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we, use, we have asked 50,000 for this. So, you see, we are pretty reasonable. Yeah, no, I, I, I very much appreciate what you guys are doing. And even just a couple days after my first whole body hyperthermia session, I'm, I'm feeling lighter, clearer, more energy. A lot of the a lot of that that fog is uh, starting is, to lift. This is, uh, yeah. And uh, this is uh, a fact, you know, that uh, most of the patients have this uh, neuroborreliosis, as it's called. That means it's uh, this uh, 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 silent inflammation of the brain. Yeah. yeah? And uh, according to the place where it is situated, you have, uh, of course, the, uh, different uh, clinical pictures. But uh, if and, and we are able, you know, to get it out, and we get then this inflammation under control, and this means, you know, that the people uh, restore in a very short time, you know, neurologically. I've seen patients here bipolar, typical bipolar, and after the treatment, normal. They left the clinic, no uh, hallucination anymore, no nothing, and uh, the bipolarity was gone. And uh, and uh, for instance, in uh, in uh, uh, Charité in Berlin, they work, you know, with hypothermia in, in depression because they can uh, show, you know, that with whole body hypothermia, you can also treat sufficiently uh, uh, advanced uh, form of depression. I saw some of those studies. Yeah, and uh, studies, and and uh, I think the first chance uh, to bring whole body hypothermia to the United States is to bring it there, you know, to, for depression. Right. Because you don't have to go uh, that high with the temperature and, uh, and the effects are uh, okay. And this, of course, are also advantage of our treatment, you know, that very many of these uh, uh, psychological or symptomatic uh, symptoms are clear, you know, with a, with a treatment. Can you speak a little bit now on your paradigm uh, as it pertains to Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Lyme disease, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, depression? Oftentimes, there's you know there's heavy metal toxicity. The body isn't isn't detoxifying well. There's low level infections, including Borrelia. Can you speak on the relationship yeah, between can, these yeah, conditions? Speak on the relationship because uh, pretty soon after we started uh, uh, this treatment for Lyme's patient, I was uh, contacted by a professor from Geneva. She is uh, the Pope, let me put it the way, of uh, Alzheimer's research. And she told me, you know, uh, that uh, Alzheimer's disease is a spirochetosis. That means spirochetes also are somehow involved in the uh, in the uh, pathogenesis of Alzheimer, and uh, and she told me, you know, that 
we uh, should try, you know, this uh, tuberculosis and Alzheimer's. And I told her, you know, we had a few people who had uh, Lyme's, you know, but had so severe psychological uh, symptoms that we said clinically this is an Alzheimer's already because they had no memory, they had no uh, time and, and, uh, and uh, local orientation. And uh, so she invited me, you know, to this uh, Alzheimer conference in uh, Geneva two years ago. And uh, they finalized it and said, uh, Alzheimer's is spirohitose. And she said, go ahead, you know, you have the key maybe for a successful Alzheimer's treatment also in your hands. But I told her, listen, I have cancer patients and I do not want, you know, to go away from the cancer patients. I have the Lyme patients and I do not uh, go into Alzheimer's specifically because then I can close my hospital because we cannot then manage the amount of people. Right. So I, I told, you know, I'm very reluctant and they should go ahead, you know, doing at least some, uh, some experimental studies to show that this is an option. Then we have observed, uh, we have observed quite a few patients who had the diagnosis of MS, um, uh, multiple sclerosis got significantly better after the treatment. But we have also seen uh, if, uh, quite a few, they had no uh, improvement from this. Also, they had, let me say, uh, some hints that they had, uh, that they had um, Lyme since the past, but at the time, you know, when they came in with their MS, they had no real signs of, of, of uh, Lyme, so they did get better, but uh, quite a few got better. I have several, you know, they were, uh, had to use a wheelchair. They could, uh, they could leave the wheelchair. And uh, ALS, uh, in the beginning, I said, no, no, no ALS, because it's a motor neuron disease and probably uh, uh, it has nothing to do with limes, but then we had quite a few uh, who had really limes uh, manifest and limes, we treated them and they got better. But we have uh, the majority of ALS does not uh, profit from this treatment. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a question of doing the diagnosis and they're very sophisticated and we see limes, then uh, these are cases treatment. And also how far the disease has progressed yeah, yeah, and yeah. how much course, neurological if, if damage is bedridden and you have muscle atrophy or so, then it's very tough to get them out of, of, of bed. But it's possible because, you know, what I also learned, you know, that uh, we have the option to uh, produce neurons. You know, when I was in medical school, I learned, you know, if neurons are dead, you know, then it's finished. You cannot uh, grow neurons. Right. But that's in no the longer the case, right? In the meantime, we know this, you know, when substance like taurine, progesterone, and uh, quite a few of these are... Pyroquinoline, uh, quinone, CoQ10. These uh, this help, you know, to grow uh, neurons and uh, you can, brain uh, alone, for instance, uh, you can show this, you know, especially in, 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 uh, in patients who are, let me say, advanced in, in, in the neurological situation that they have uh, difficulties to read or to find words or so, and they improve massively and some of them to absolutely normal situation. 
Yeah. Have you found substances, some of the nootropic substances like paracetam to be effective? Paracetam is, is one of the most important, and I give this. I think you gave it to me as well. Yeah, yeah, I give it to you. Because, you know, I <laughs> I've it taken you it over the years too. Because, uh, because Yeah, but I've, here I give it IV in a pretty high dose, 2.5 grams a day. And uh, then uh, afterwards I give it for at least uh, three to six months orally. In, in combination you know, with acetylcholine and uh, alpha-GPC and alpha-lipoic acid and CoQ10. This is, and, and of course, B vitamins, of course. Yeah. One of uh, Dr. Diedrich Klingert, who's another... I know, I know him. He's a friend of mine. He's, he is. Yeah. So he, a few years ago, started telling his patients that he would not see them until they had dramatically reduced or eliminated exposure to radiation, non-native electromagnetic fields, you know, spending less time on their cellular devices and laptops because he found that it was interfering with their recovery. When I was downstairs, you guys have a big map mm -hmm. of all of the parts of the world where mm -hmm. people you've healed have come from. Mm -hmm. And I noticed a concentration in, in the big cities, the big metropolises yeah. like New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, London. Do you attribute that to non-native electromagnetic fields, the pollution that is in higher concentrations in cities, more sexual contact as, as and that being a possible way that people are transmitting the, yeah, the spirochetes? No, what do you think? No, this is, the, the sexual transmittance is very important. You know, for instance, Australia is a hot country that uh, when you would have asked me 10, 50 years ago, is there limes in Australia? I would have said no. And uh, it's uh, there like hell, you know, and how did it come there? It came there and this has to be, has been shown clearly that it was brought from United States and was sexually transmitted. And then, of course, you know, the ticks in Australia pick it up and, uh, and give, it, uh, give it to the next one. So this is how, for instance, Australia got uh, limes. But the point is, you know, Australia, CDC is, uh, is in Australia for weeks treatment for limes. And if it's not better, then it's no limes and it's post-limes disease. Or, you know, the same is in Canada, very strict. If uh, you have limes and you are Canadian, they tell you, okay, you can have four weeks uh, antibiotic treatment, and if uh, if it hasn't helped, then it's uh, post Lyme disease syndrome. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is of course not correct. You know, this is too too easy. You know, to, to and it's mean, by the way, to to do it this way because people who have it, you know, they struggle. They are looking, you know, for improvement because uh, this is what I learned is if you have real manifest limes, this is sometimes worse than having cancer because cancer can be treated, uh, we can uh, uh, do all the side effects minimizing, but if you have limes, you know, and you get up in the morning and you are tired and uh, insufficient, you know, to, uh, to, work, uh, to work or to, to be active and have all this brain fog, this is, uh, I think it's the worst disease I know of. 
This is an area of, of where many physicians have differing opinions. So some people believe that Lyme cannot be transmitted sexually. For, for the people listening and from based on your experience, having many couples here, do you okay, believe we, we have a few clinical studies showing that it's transmitted. But unfortunately, these studies are very small studies. And let me say they are statistically not uh, highly significant because, you know, <laughs> how do you study? <laughs> right. this, is, this is not as easy, you know, but uh, there are three or four papers. I have them on my desk. I can, uh, I can supply you with these uh, papers if you like. <clears throat> but uh, in, in general, uh, there is for me no question because I have, have cases, you know, where the uh, husband, you know, picked up uh, 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 limes, you know, and after a short time, his kids have it or uh, his uh, wife has it and then his kids have it because, you know, it's somehow transferred in this family. Yeah. So in short, yes, you believe it is. I, I, I believe it and, and uh, uh, this is what we observed, you know, if you treat, for instance, a woman with limes successfully, and do not uh, check the husband. And in case you know that he has limes and tell him, you know, although you have no symptoms, you need an additional treatment. Otherwise, you know, you will transfer it back to your wife. Uh, and uh, and uh, we, have, we have had such cases that uh, a, a, a lady came after a while and had a, a completely reinfection, but has not been bitten by by a tick and has not been in woods, you know, so it, uh, the only explanation was it can be only, you know, uh, uh, transferred by sexuality. So I think we should accept this and, uh, and, uh, and uh, take the consequences, you know. It's so easy if a person has, has, has limes and I say, okay, what is your partner? Uh, should we test your partner? And uh, then we test the partner and then we can say exactly, you know, you have it or you don't have it. If they don't have it, they need no treatment. If they have it, then I would say, okay, you know, take at least one treatment to get rid of the limes. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit on lime testing? Because one of the things that I've observed is many people get the, the, the Western blot or some of these traditional tests, they get a negative result, perhaps a false negative, and then it sends them for years down a different path where they're spending tens of thousands of dollars on, and it's it's quite sad. So what's your take on Lyme testing and, and what do you believe? I, I, I know all this, you know, and we are working hard on this. And let me say the normal Lyme testing is, is uh, only positive in 30% of the cases. So if you get the result back, Lyme is negative. This is, uh, seems to be a, a positive or good results, but the bad news is only 30% are positive. That means 70% can have limes, you know, although you cannot uh, test it. 70% of people yeah, with Lyme is, and then will there get a is false a combination negative. which we have at, uh, at Army Labs, you know, this is the 80 spot and the tickplex. And if we do this, you know, then we have at least uh, a hint, you know, that the patient had contact with, uh, with uh, limes, that means the, uh, the antibodies are, are positive. And if uh, we have the tickplex and it's positive, then we know that there is active, uh, active limes. Then we have, uh, uh, what's also done by IgenX, 
the P41, you know, if this is positive, this is for me always a sign there is limes. And then there is the so-called VLS-E. And if this is positive too, so I have quite a few tests available at the moment where we can say, you know, if we put this together, we reach a validity of approximately 80, 85%, but not 100%. And this is also what it, or have to tell people sometimes, the symptoms you have are so typical for Lyme's and the tests are negative, then it's still a, a, a good idea, you know, to go through this treatment. And I've seen, you know, that especially these patients are getting fantastic results. Yeah. And there is one, uh, one test uh, in Belgium now, uh, and I'm going, you know, to test uh, this uh, is a, a so-called uh, bacteriophages. Have you heard of bacteriophages? Yes. Bacteriophages, uh, this is a typical bacteriophages, they, uh, they uh, invade the, uh, the spirochetes and uh, this uh, professor in Belgium says, you know, 100% of, uh, of uh, spirochetes are, uh, have this uh, bacteriophage inside, the bacteriophage lives with them, doesn't do them anything. But if he, and he has a, the option with a PCR test, to test for these bacteriophages. And if this is tested positive, that means this patient has 100% living and active lives. And I think it's a very uh, interesting approach. And uh, in the next time, you know, I will have a uh, contact. We have a, had already a, 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 a teleconference. And uh, I think, you know, in the, during the year, you know, we are sending him test and we will learn, you know, if this is an additional improvement to what we have. But the testing is still, you know, as, uh, you have to put it on, on several columns, you know, to be sure that the test helps. But the insurances, for instance, you know, they always say, you know, how were the tests? And I tell them, you know, we, we, we should not or we do not treat tests. We treat people and we treat people's disease. And sometimes I tell them, okay, you know, this the tests are shaky. And if, let me say, a very critical person looks at it, would say, okay, can be, can be not. But uh, this doesn't help us, you know. And then if we do the treatment and the success is there, then we know that we have been right. Would you say it's safe? Do you believe that Borrelia is one of the leading root causes of a number of diseases today? Yeah, I, this is what I believe, you know. Several, if not all, neurological diseases are somehow associated with Lyme's. I think it's, it's really an, an overlooked uh, situation, you know, and it's now, you know, coming more and more, you know, for, uh, to discussion how important this Lyme's uh, disease is, not only here in, in Germany, but also in the United States and, and Canada and in, even in Israel, Australia, it's not so much because they have this strict... Yeah. Uh, last couple of questions and we'll, we'll land this plane. I very I much... Have, I have to also to limit because I have an invitation for dinner tonight. Oh, lovely, lovely. Uh, then then we'll, we'll bring it home. Um, what, what can your fellow 
to play the devil's advocate. For people, if we, if we look at what's approved for cancer treatment in other parts of the world, the United States, and what's approved for Lyme disease treatment, you know, high doses of antibiotics, high doses of chemotherapy, for critics that would say hyperthermia augmented therapy is dangerous, what would you respond based no, on the data? No, 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 no. Because the hyperthermia is in the range of fever, you know. Uh, if you use, for instance, uh, uh, electromagnetic waves or, or microwaves, then it could be uh, could be dangerous because you know the energy is very high, and you could uh, uh, produce some burns. You know, but if you use this form of hyperthermia, then we use uh, infrared light to uh, bring up the temperature because the infrared A light goes through the skin and heats slowly uh, the blood. And this is uh, this is uh, fever-like, and uh, and uh, um, the uh, the temperature is in a range, you know, which you achieve with uh, fever. So there is no uh, discussion about a patient get uh, brain edema or I don't know what. The only uh, uh, problem is that we have to control the heart because Lyme patient can have involvement of the heart. And this and the lung function, these two, two things. And if these two things are okay, then people even with 80, 85 years, we have, I think the oldest was 85, uh, can have this treatment because, and I have now treated 2,500 and up. I do not know the exact of Lyme patient that I have to look up on wood. No complication yet, no complication. Sometimes maybe a blister. Uh, but uh, this is all, you know, no, no uh, uh, serious complications. How, we have, how treated, many we have treated at least 25,000 cancer patients. I have to knock on wood, not a single complication. So this is the safest and, uh, and uh, let me say, most effective treatment. The only disadvantage is hyperthermia. In cancer, for instance, alone is not enough because it's only cancerolytic, but not cancerostatic. So if I give hyperthermia, then the cancer shrinks, but as soon as I stop the hyperthermia, cancer starts growing. So I have to combine it either with radiation or with chemotherapy, or let me say a sort of immune therapy, and then it's the most elegant treatment and the most successful CIF I get patients from all over the world, you know, who had all kinds of cancer treatment and they have been treated in the best and uh, finest institutions in the world, you know, uh, Sloan Kettering or MD Anderson or you name it, and they have been there and they come here and we do uh, sometimes nothing else. We use the same uh, um, uh, chemotherapy schedules or the same uh, additional uh, target substances, sometimes maybe in a lower dose because we use at the same time hyperthermia. And then we have even in such cases where the death centers, you know, they are told, you know, we cannot do anything, go to the nursing home, at least 70% of, of uh, result. And, and sometimes, you know, that the tumor disappears. And I have so many patients, they call me after four or five years and say, you know, how thankful they are that they have been here in St. George. Last question, doctor. 
If you were this is probably my wife saying, you know, we have to go. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, let's. I, I guess we'll, we'll bring it home. What would be your last piece of advice for an aspiring physician who's in a different part of the world that wants to help people with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's? My or suggestion cancer? is, you know, uh, uh, of course he should do the uh, pretreatment. He should, uh, of course, work. You know that the milieu is okay, but uh, if he wants. The, to cure his patients and he should send the patient here for this type of hypothermia. We make it very small and but this is what we like, you know, to send the patient uh, back as soon as we can, you know, to the uh, uh, sending physician. And this cooperation you know, could be very, very successful, successful for him and of course successful as for us. And it would help, you know, several uh, Lyme patients to save a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money and, 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 and what it also means, you know, if they can go back to work or finish uh, their studies or whatever, you know, that this is also an economic approach. I have very few regrets, but the only one, uh, one of the few that I do have is not coming here right in 2011 when I received my initial diagnosis because I feel like I would have gained a decade of life and quality that that um, you know I missed out on in some pieces so thank you so much for the work that you're doing the, I, but I think this is uh, this is uh, the most important thing is you know the cooperation you know, that one says you know this is uh, I, I can do this okay do it and this I cannot okay but you can it okay you do it and then we say okay the aftercare is no problem anymore you can do it yeah, yes. and uh, and uh, I mean, uh, I was lucky, you know, that I applied for extreme hypothermia or high high temperature hypothermia in a time, you know, when people didn't know too much. So I got the license, you know. Probably, if I would apply for the license today, then it would be probably a hard hard uh, course. I would probably get it, but uh, it uh, would uh, uh, tough. Would be tough, and uh, this is a problem. You know, the in the United States you have whole body hypothermia. You have some institution where they did hypothermia, but always in conjunction for cancer patients in conjunction with radiation and chemotherapy, but not for limes. You know, and they may not use uh, whole body hypothermia to treat a Lyme patient. That's the problem. You know, we we here in Germany have a little more freedom. I don't know how long, but at the moment we have it and we use it. Well, thank you so much. And, and anyone listening to this that, that is struggling with Lyme or has had it for a while, I highly encourage you to come to St. George Clinic and work with Dr. Dows and his team. And uh, I'm very grateful for you and everything that you do. Yeah, thank you, thank sir. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I'm here whenever you need me. Just don't hesitate to contact me. Thank you, sir. Okay. What's up guys, Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up 
And I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 